Give me a rock. Give me a rock too. No. service of the year. First is Easter, second is Christmas, third is Fallback Sunday. All right, coming back. All right, so that's awesome. That's awesome. This is a good Sunday. And during our closing song, uh, we have our prayer team. If you'd like prayer for any and, and every reason, love to pray with you during our closing song. With that, jump into the message for today. Jerusalem, 
Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as he taught them, he said, Is it not written, My house will be called a, be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it to a den of robbers. The chief priests and teachers of the law heard this. They began looking for a way to kill him, for they feared him, because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. When evening came, Jesus and his disciples went out of the city. This is the gospel of our Lord. What is going on here? Jesus reaches Jerusalem, goes into the temple courtyard, and starts tossing things around. He's throwing tables. He's tossing benches. There's money flying everywhere. There's people yelling at him, and he's yelling back at them. Is it not written? My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, and you, you've turned into a den of robbers. As my brother and I would say, Jesus has gone full mom. <laughs> See, my brother, we had a phrase, right? When, when mom was like really getting on us, we called it full mom mode. And it usually happened like this. Um, my mom would leave early in the morning for work. In the summertime, we'd stay home at the house by ourselves because it was the 80s and we did stuff like that. And we get up and we get a bowl of cereal and we Watch TV, Gilligan's Island reruns on TNT. You did it, right? We'd eat the cereal, we'd put it away, and we'd go play, we'd mess around. We'd have a great time all day long. But there was a problem. And the problem was my mom gave us chores to do. And the chores were always the same. Pick up your room, do the dishes. Those were the chores. That's it. All day. That's all we had to do. She'd come home, stressful day of work. We got more dishes, because we did breakfast and lunch in for the TV, so there's dishes on the coffee table, right? The shoes are all over the living room floor. The socks are on the couch. Rooms are a mess. Kitchen's even worse. And my mom, one of the most gracious, loving, compassionate people you would ever met, would switch. And she'd go full mom. What have you been doing all day? I've been working my tail off for you, and what have you done? Nothing. I carried both of you in my womb for nine months. I got the stretch marks to show it. We're like, Mom, please knock it off. Full mom. And we knew two things. One, we had earned it. And two, we were going to avoid that at all costs. Jesus is going full mom in our gospel for today. Why? He's in what's part of the temple called the temple courtyard. It was huge. The temple courtyard was not enclosed. It was an open area. And it was as big as a couple of football fields. It's a big area. And in this area, for Passover week, they would put the animals they would use for sacrifice there. And there'd be the buying and selling of all these animals. It's a lot of animals. The ancient historian Josephus estimates 
that there were 250,000 animals bought, sold, and sacrificed. We're talking cows, sheep, and pigeons. Lots of animals. Not only that, is that um, Jerusalem is like here, and the, the Temple Mount is like here, and the Mount of Olives, where all the pilgrims were camping out, is right here. So if you wanted to get your goods, your stuff you wanted to sell to the pilgrims outside, well, you could do a shortcut through the temple courtyard. And that's what was going on. The temple courtyard had another name. It was also called the Court of the Gentiles. The reason it was called the Court of the Gentiles is because this is where the Gentiles were allowed to worship and pray to God. So imagine, imagine you came to church, but instead of church, we threw you out in the middle of the mall the week before Christmas. And instead of being surrounded by like iPhone cases and calendars, you're surrounded by cows, sheep, and pigeons. And there's people everywhere. It's pretty tough to worship, right? So Jesus goes into full mom mode. He starts cleaning things up. Some of you, this is weird. You, you haven't heard of Jesus doing this before. Jesus, Jesus is like a good mom. When you need grace, when you need forgiveness, when you need assurance of God's love and presence and promises, you have it. Unconditional, guaranteed by the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. But like a good mom, you need your butt kicked. Jesus can do that too. Pretty good at it. And that's what's happening in our text for today. So, a pastor named Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards wrote a sermon called The Excellence of Christ. And in this sermon, he talks about all the, um, the seemingly competing and diverse characteristics of Jesus. He says Jesus is a fully God and fully man. And Jesus has these different qualities that are seemingly at opposites. But that's what makes Jesus so excellent. The sermon that he wrote was, is over an hour long, so I'm not going to share all of it with you. I'm just going to summarize it for you. You're welcome. But he says this. He says, Jesus holds this in perfect balance, that he has infinite glory and lowest humility. That Jesus has, uh, deserves the best and endured the worst. That Jesus has dominion over heaven and earth and gives perfect obedience to the Father. That Jesus is all-powerful and demonstrates total trust. That Jesus is perfect judge and amazing grace. And this is the one we struggle with most. That Jesus is perfect justice and amazing grace. Jesus is judge and also serves a punishment that we deserve. Jesus is the police and also the innocent one accused in our place. Jesus is law and gospel. And to really know Jesus, 
to, to really love Jesus fully for who he is and everything he's done for you is to know all of Jesus and to hold those things in, in perfect tension and balance and harmony. And Jesus invites us to do the same. Kind of like this. It's an analogy, so it's not perfect, but it, it'll work, right? Imagine on this wall over here uh, is an anchor, and tied to the anchor is this long bungee cord, right? And on this wall over here, the same thing. There's an anchor and a bungee cord. It stretches out. And Jesus invites us to wrap both bungee cords like this. To know both, both his law and his gospel. To know, know his, his justice and his grace. And as we hold those two things in tension, we become to know more of who Jesus is and what Jesus is like and how much he loves us. And you'll notice we become more like Jesus. But if we let one of those bungee cords go, right, it throws you into the wrong direction. It throws you too far to one side or the other. So Jesus invites us to hold that and that tension and that balance to know who he is. And so I'd like to share with you just a couple short little stories. And then together we'll say, is that person in the story holding that intention or have they let go of one or the other side? So here we go. Bob. Bob gets up early to read his devotional every day. He helps the kids get ready for school and then he goes to work. Slightly earlier than everyone else. Bob's boss thinks he's great, and those under Bob consider him fair. He loves his wife, and his wife, wife loves him. Life's good for Bob. And he isn't the least bit surprised. After all, God helps those who help themselves, right? So what about Bob? How's Bob doing? Is he holding those in tension and harmony and balance? Or has he let go of one and gone too far to one side? Bob's let go of grace. He's flung over here. He's living under his own ability to do, to be good. And Bob suffers the sin that he has the hardest time seeing because it's his pride. And Bob looks at grace and knows he needs it, but it's really for other people who really need it. He's let go of a bunch of court. Here's another story. Sue gets up late every day. Better late than stressed is her mother. She gets the kids up too and yells at them as they're not quite getting ready for school because they're not morning people either, just like she is. She gets to work usually a little bit later than everybody else. Sue's boss thinks that she is consistent. And Sue's, uh, those under Sue consider her funny and they love being around her. She loves her husband and he loves her. Life's good for her, but there's just there's just one problem. She doesn't really love herself. 
said a few things in her past. And they weighed over her. She's struggling with a few things in her life. And she can't escape that feeling of guilt. So what about Sue? She's got these two bungee cords of God's grace and God's law. Is she in balance? She's let go of grace and she's flung over to the law side again, but for a different reason than Bob. She hasn't realized God's incredible love for her. She's living under the guilt and weight of her past or even her current reality. She's living under that. Jesus invites her to reach over and grab onto his grace once again so she might know that she's loved, cherished, forgiven, and free. Story number three. Jim gets up early every morning. He prays. He prays for his family, his friends. He thanks God for his love and mercy and asks, asks for wisdom to follow God completely. Goes to work, treats everyone fairly and honestly. People he works for describe him as a good man. And he is, except, well, except for one area in his life. You know that area. It's not a big deal. And he has, you know, he has good reasons for it. And after all, God's good and gracious after all, right? So what about this guy? He's let go of the law. He's flung far over here. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer had a word for it. He called it cheap grace. To live as if God's law doesn't matter or not quite as important. Or not for him. Because he has his reasons, you know. And God would invite him to look back and say, you know what? I died for that sin. So we live in it no longer. <coughs> it's tricky stuff, isn't it? This balancing of law and gospel. It's hard stuff. Martin Luther said to balance law and gospel perfectly is kind of like a drunk riding a horse. You fall off on one side of the horse, only get back up on the horse and fall off on the other side. But to know Jesus is to know him fully. It's to know both his word and our lives, his truth and his justice and his grace. And so the question I have for you today is simply this. Where are you? Where are you? When you look at your own life, was there someone in the story where you went, well, that person's in balance. Because that person was you. And you realized, oh, maybe, maybe I'm too far one way. Or the other. And the truth is, we all are one way or the other in our lives. We fall off on one side and then fall off on the other side again. And so, I'll take you behind.
behind the scenes of a sermon. I never really know what to preach. So I'm preaching to lots of different people. And everyone has different needs. It's going through different stuff in your lives. And so what I do is I just take the text. I go, okay, Lord God, I believe this is what you're saying through this word, through your word to your people. I'm going to share it as best I can. And when I do it wrong or apply it incorrectly, please forgive me, God. So today's sermon is kind of one of those choose-your-own-adventure books. Remember those books? They're awesome. Like you'd read it, and then we'd have a question. Do you want to go into the cave or around the back or something like that, right? And you go, oh, I'm going in the cave. And you turn to that page. Remember those books, choose-your-own-adventure books? They still have those, right? No, they don't. Okay, anyway. They were awesome in the 80s. I read those in the 80s, too. Today's message is a choose-your-own-adventure. Where is God calling you to go? Which cord is God calling you to grab? Where's God calling you? And please know, wherever God's calling you, He will provide. He will provide. He always does. And I'll provide for you whatever place you are in your life at this moment today. And knows exactly how to provide for you in that moment. Because that's what good moms do. And God loves you like that. God loves you like that. Even those times when you feel like God's gone full mom on you, still loves you. Still cares for you. Still dying the rose for you. Because you're his. And you're loved. And you're paid for. We'll use the word redeemed sometimes in the songs, in the message, in the word. You'll hear the word redeemed. And it literally means to buy back. Jesus Christ bought you back with his life on a cross. No one's ever done that for you before. Jesus has done that for you. That's love. And doing so invites you to say, okay, we'll follow you, Lord. And for today, that means well, you know what it means. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Lord, thank you. Thank you for um, your law. Your law that tells us, Lord, how you call us to live. And your law, Lord, that acts as a mirror that shows uh, your perfect law and our imperfect lives. Lord God, it drives us, drives us to your grace and to your gospel. Lord God, we pray first that your law might drive us to your gospel. That we might not live in pride self-sufficiency and false security. Lord God, we pray that your law might drive us to your gospel, that we might live beloved and secure.